You've survived the worst. Trauma, loss, rejection. The reality is, your pain can be a crutch, or it can be the thing that launches you. You're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you experience true freedom and breakthrough. Tune in each week as guests share their incredible life lessons from their personal stories and hear from experts who can give you the tools you need to stop surviving and start thriving. Here to help you find purpose through your pain is your host, Joseph James. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of Purpose Through Pain podcast. I am your host, Joseph James, and I have an amazing guest today on the show. Mr. Nelson is here. This is a different introduction because we're not talking about his past accomplishments. We're talking about his past battle. And this is a man that has not only dealt with cancer and has had numerous death sentences when it came to it, many battles when it came to it, the words of people saying you're not going to make it, and that's professional doctors. And anybody that's going through a journey like this, words are words are always powerful, but that can be a life or death sentence on top of what he already had. But this is a man that has felt inadequate, has felt insignificant, has felt isolated, unseen, unheard, helpless, lonely, alone, scared, and unsure. But he's at a place in his life that he wants to give you the hope, positivity, and guidance, the same way he used himself, the same things that he applied in his own life to beat cancer and to live a purposeful life. Because brother, I'm welcoming you to the show right now. God has plans for you. Nelson, welcome to the show, brother. Well, <laughs> well first of all, Mr. Joseph, I just want to say thank you for that fabulous introduction. But if I may say, you said God has plans for me. I'm going to say God has plans for us. Yes. He made our paths cross today. And you know what, Joseph? If I don't get a chance to say anything else to your audience, I want you and the entire planet to know that me, Nelson Beltajar, is nothing but an imperfect soldier for Christ. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here today. But since you're going to let me stay for a little bit longer, I can't wait for us to have a conversation, which I'm sure will tickle your audience's ears, and it'll be memorable. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. To the audience, you know, we're going to get into Nelson's story, but he made a comment that I, I jumped all over before we started talking, and he talked about how his days are numbered. We all have had things happen in our life where we have felt that. We have all happened, you know, whether it's pain, thoughts of suicide, you know, we think that we're living on borrowed time and there's relative information when it comes to that. But I want to encourage the listeners as well as even Nelson himself that before we were ever created in the womb, this in the book of Jeremiah in the Bible, it says before we were ever formed in the womb, God knew us. He predestined us. And no matter, I just want to give everybody just a little hope and encouragement right now. Where whatever is going on in your life at the moment, whatever that you're doing at this moment in time, God has you in his hands. Everything is father filtered. That means it's got to go through God. He knows the days ahead. 
He knows the time that you were born. He knows the time that you're going to enjoy. Hopefully that you will join him in eternity. Live with purpose. Nelson, brother, I'm just so excited about this conversation. I just want to give you the floor and just you know, take us back to that journey when you were diagnosed and just the death sentence that was given to you. Absolutely, Joseph. Absolutely. I just want to talk to your audience and I just want to ask you a question. I'm wondering if there's anyone out there who has ever had life hand you something that you didn't expect. If you answered yes, then we're kindred spirits. And before I start, there's this word called adversity. Adversity is a word that no human being on this planet will find a way to not experience with their time on earth. Agreed? Absolutely. When it comes to adversity, there are only two outcomes. Well, that's what my grade three teacher told me. There are only two outcomes when it comes to adversity. Either you find a way to conquer it or you crumble beneath it. Mm. Joseph, I just want to tell you and your audience that today is a great day to be above ground, I tell you. And you will understand why I say that. Let me just bring you back in time. You see, I'm one of those guys that's lucky enough to know what it's like to climb that mountain of ambition and success. Get to the top for a while. Enjoy the view for a while. But suddenly, suddenly, just fall from grace. Spiral down that mountain. Crash and fall. Humbling, so humbling. And lose everything that I had ever worked for in a blink of an eye. I was lucky enough to build a thriving, thriving physical therapy practice that specialized in injury assessment, treatment, and rehabilitation. And I'll never forget this. We were on the second floor of my studio loft, and my staff and I were on the second floor celebrating, celebrating, clanging these champagne glasses, which were secretly filled with Diet Coke because we were at work, (laughs) clanging those champagne glasses because we had reached a monumental goal. We were living the dream. We were on cloud nine. It was amazing. And then a week later, 168 hours from that specific joyous moment in time, I was shockingly diagnosed with cancer. And I was immediately put in the hospital for supervision, treatment, and evaluation. And to add salt to the wound as a secondary complication, I even lost my ability to walk. And I became a prisoner of a wheelchair for the next 1,651 days. And the reason why I share this story with you is because like I said, adversity is a word that we can't escape, regardless of your age, your gender, your religion, and your status. But as crazy as that sounds, that chapter that I shared with you, that was the easy part of my journey. Lean in, let me share this with you. During the years of 2016, 2017, I was forced to live in five, five different hospitals, five. And my very first cancer doctor, let's call him Dr. K, Dr. K. Dr. K gave up on me and he told my family that I was terminal and that he and the hospital could do nothing else for me. But the good news was he was going to put me into the palliative care unit so I could be comfortable and pain free in my remaining days. Joseph, when I heard that, I'm not going to lie to you. It was like a sordid coming and, sh- and cut me at the knees. But I wallowed in about self-pity for about five or 10 minutes. And then I promised myself, if I am going to die, if I'm going to leave this planet, I'm going out on a bang. And I promised myself that I'm going to achieve one more undying goal. 
I just didn't know what it was yet. You see, at that time, I had a six-year-old nephew, a five- and three-year-old niece, two brand-new-born twins who I love dearly, but I knew that I wasn't going to get a chance to see them grow up. So I decided to write this blog, this blog, which is called thepositivedrip.com. And in that blog, I would house my thoughts, my dreams, my ideas, topics of conversation that I know I would have with them if I was granted to still be here. And the reason I created that blog was so I could leave it behind for them, so I could still be a part, so I could still be a part of their lives after I had passed away. But it looks like the joke's on me. Like we were talking earlier, I had to leave Dr. K in the rearview mirror because he was he could not help me and he was willing, wasn't willing to help me. So let's fast forward. Like I said, the joke's on me because let's fast forward to September 2018. One, on September 28, 2018, my brand new cancer doctors at a different hospital did everything they could to fight for me. And they miraculously stamped me cancer free and told me to go live my life. <laughs> yes. 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 And two, two, that blog that we're talking about, the positive drip.com, which I specifically left behind for my younger family members, has accidentally, accidentally trickled across the planet and developed a global readership, which was never, never the plan. And three, an online community is walking alongside that blog. And it's so humbling, Joseph. It is so humbling to see that people actually want to hear what you have to say. But I honestly believe that it's the tests that we go through life. It's going through the fires that qualify us. And then people want to hear what we have to say. And I promised myself, I promised myself that I refuse to let that trial and tribulation be in vain. And I will continue to share my story. Why? To give hope to someone who's currently stuck in whatever hole they're in. It could be financial stress, emotional stress, physical abuse. It could be depression, suicidal thoughts. It could be anything. But I want you out there who's watching to realize that I know how you feel. I felt the same way. I felt inadequate, insignificant, lost, alone, scared. Words I never knew before. Words I never knew before. But I got to know them. And by getting to know them now, I've developed a different form of empathy. And I can see the world through a set of eyes I never looked through before. But the reason I share this story with you about the blog, I'm not sharing it with you to brag. I'm sharing it with you to show you how adversity, adversity truly introduces a person to themselves. And adversity made me find this stronger, resilient peace inside me that I knew I didn't have to fight and want to keep living. Adversity made me choose to fight instead of falter. Adversity inspired one last undying goal, which was to create that love-filled blog. And adversity even, it even turned my brain on to, to see what I could do with my remaining days on earth. And last but not least, instead of me lying in that hospital bed waiting for the coffin to arrive, I used my remaining days to try and get that blog done. So I could, that way I could leave it behind for my younger family members. But God said, you know what, Nelson? I'm not taking you yet. Stick around. You have more to do. Yes, you see me on camera. Yes, you see me talking in front of you. Although a lot of my friends say that I have the perfect face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> I get to share a few minutes with you, Joseph. 
and your audience. And I hope, I hope, wish and pray that there's someone out there listening who is at the end of their rope or running on empty that hears this and says, you know what? It's possible. Will it be easy? Absolutely not. But it's possible to overcome adversity. Absolutely, Nelson. You know, you made a comment about, you know, walking through the fire. And I, I believe that the fire, fire walking through hell, you know, we've heard the comment, you know, if you're walking through hell, don't turn around, just keep walking, right? But when you're walking through your own hell, fire can do one of two things to you. It can destroy you or it can refine you. The choice is ours. Because the fire that I walk through is a refiner's fire. And everybody's fire, everybody's hell may be different, but it's all painful. But the thing about pain that I have come to realize, and you, you said this really great earlier, is, you know, you walked through the cancer. I walked beside of my wife that had it. Yours was a personal battle. Mine was personal, but in a different aspect of it. But we were both on the battlefield. When you go onto a battlefield, you have, I think of it like, you know, in the 1800s where you had the different groups, okay? You had those that came out first, the foot soldiers, and they, they were shooting face-to-face. And then you had those that came out with, you know, and then artillery was shooting. And then you had those that came out with, you know, on your horse, your horses and stuff like that. And everybody had a different part according to what they were assigned to do. You know, you had the archers that stayed back and they shot over, you know, the, the troops, when you're in a battle, no matter what your part is, it's still a battle. Our pain can do one of two things. It can get us stuck or it can launch us into our destiny. Whether it's a loss of a loved one or you're fighting for your own life, it's still pain. No matter what it may be, maybe it's suicidal thoughts. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's the things that you went through of being unseen, unheard, you know, neglected, all those different things. I dealt with rejection as a young kid. I dealt with abandonment. I dealt with seeking approval. All those things followed me into my 40s. You know, and it wasn't until I'm 43 now, those things weren't even dealt with. I thought they were, but they really weren't truly dealt with where I was now walking a healed person until this past year. From 42 to 43, that's when it happened. Because I had to. What, one, one thing that you said that was so, so important is, and I'm going to read part of your, your bio, inadequate, insignificant, isolated, unseen, unheard, helpless, lonely, alone, scared, and unsure. We, when we face those things in life, we tend to do what? We tend to run from them instead of face them. And I want to tell the listeners out there, when you start to face your fears head on, that's when you realize that the fear is not really a fear itself. It's not an obstacle to stop you. It's something to make you stronger for the next thing. We all have the ability to face our fears. But you became personal friends with all those things. And because you came, became personal friends, not by choice. Well, it was by choice, but it's not like you signed up for it. And because you sat there and said, you know what? I feel unseen, but you know what? I don't have to be unseen anymore. I'm going to write a blog. 
I feel unheard. I want people to hear this. I want to get on podcasts. I want people to hear my message. It's those things right there that when we as individuals that are going through life's journey, hell, I call it hell in the hallway. When we're going through those things, we have to face those things and understand there's a purpose for the pain that we go through. Amen. Amen, Joseph. <laughs> Amen. You know, you know, I said that there's a purpose for the pain we go through. Yeah. See, you and I are graduates of that university called Trials and Tribulations. And I know I'm not wrong, but yes, you're so, you're so right. And there's this line that you've probably heard, but I like to hang on to it. It's faith untested can't be trusted. Mm, faith. faith untested can't, can't be trusted. trusted. And if you allow me, I just have a question to you and your audience. Is there anyone out there? You know, I don't usually take it this direction, but I feel I need to. Is there anyone out there who has ever felt that God has abandoned them in their darkest hour? I know I did. I'll never forget this. It was a Friday afternoon around seven o'clock. And I was staring out the window of my hospital. And I said, God, where are you? God, you know what I do with my life. Why'd you put me here? Where are you? And around that time is a shift change. So the day nurse is now introducing me to the evening nurse. My day nurse that Friday was fantastic. The evening nurse who she introduced me, you could just tell she did not want to be at work that night. And I knew that, oh boy, it's going to be a bumpy evening. So I tried to be jovial, but the new nurse wouldn't have it. She was, I'd like to take your vital signs. I said, sure. How are you this evening? Just let me have your arm, please. Great. Okay. Well, I guess we're with each other for the next 12 hours. Yes, we are. Can I have your arm, please? Very cold. Very cold. No word of a lie, Joseph. And I know you'll believe me. No word of a lie. In this right ear, as she was being so unjust, Jovial, taking my vital signs. I heard in this ear, ask her to pray for you. And I went, there's only two people in this room. <laughs> ask her to pray for you. Come on. And then I said, no chance. So what? She leaves, Joseph. She leaves. She comes back at 11 p.m. to give me my medicine. And my medicine, are they're huge. They're like horse pills. And I can't swallow them. So all the nurses in the past have brought me ice cream or yogurt or pudding to help me swallow them. Yeah. This nurse comes in around 11 o'clock. She gives me my medicine. And I said, you know, with all due respect, I can't swallow these. If you look at the chart, they always give me pudding or ice cream to help me swallow it. Can you please find me some or else I'll choke? And she goes, I can't promise you anything, but I'll do the best I can. Until then, you're just going to have to wait. And again, ask her to pray for you as she walks out i'm the only one in the room and i and the tv's not on i know what i heard so 3 a.m rolls around and remember i can't walk yet i can't walk i can't even walk to the washroom i have to pee and i have to press the nurse's button and i'm pressing the button i'm going god please send me any other nurse but her any other nurse i press the button she comes in Yes, it's her. How lucky can one guy be? 
What do you want now? She says, I need to go to the washroom. I need to pee. She says, well, what does that have to do with me? You've read my chart. I can't walk. We have to do it with the urinal. You have to come to the bed and I have to stand up and, and take care of business. So she goes, okay, let's, okay. Again, won't even crack a smile. Her face is stern all night, just like so. She comes to the bed. I stand up. I take care of business. Guess what I hear in this right ear again, Joseph? Guess. Ask her to pray. Ask her to pray for you. So I finally said to myself, and I looked at her in my most humbling position. Look, we don't know each other. We just met at seven o'clock. You know my chart. I'm terminal. I'm going to die. Can you pray for me? And no word of a lie. Her face went from like this. And it just went. She started beaming. I finished peeing in the bottle. She said, lie down in the bed, Nelson. She took her right hand, put it over my forehead, her left hand over my feet. And she prayed over me. Jesus, please do not take this young man yet. He has more to do. And she prayed over me. Like she prayed strongly over me, Joseph. Mm. And then she left and she said, my shift ends at seven o'clock, but I'll be back to check on you. She went from this tyrant, non-jovial human being. And at 3 a.m. when she should be exhausted, she just lit up like she brought sunshine to the room. And she was thrilled to pray for me. And then as she left, I lied down in bed and I said, what just happened? And I'm exhausted. So I just fell back asleep around 6 a.m. I think it was 6, 11 a.m. I looked at the clock. I woke up and then I realized, God, is that your messenger to tell me you've been with me the whole time? And I just started laughing to myself of all the messengers to send. Then I understood why my faith had to be tested because I know what I heard those three times in my ear. The first two times I denied it. The third time I just took it on faith, I had nothing to lose. And look what she did. And she prayed over me in Jesus' name. I'm sure I wasn't healed right away, but I softened her soul. She prayed over me. And God reminded me that he was with me, even though I felt he wasn't present, even though I felt he was silent in my darkest hours. So for those of you out there who are saying to yourself, God, where are you? Where are you? I beg you, do not let the silence make you believe he's not there. Yeah, I promise you he's there and he'll reveal it to you somehow. Absolutely. And I want to add in a scripture that goes right along with this. And this is a scripture that helped me get through the journey of my wife battling cancer and then even onto her death and, and then beyond raising three kids. It's in Psalms 40 verses one through three. And it's the psalmist, David. And he says, I waited patiently. Listen to that. Verse one, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and out of the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see the fear of the Lord and put their trust in him. And here's the keys out of this. When we wait patiently, 
Yes, there are times in our life that we go through stuff that we don't feel God. We don't feel him at all. We think he gives us a word, and then all of a sudden, it's almost like he disappears. Or somebody prays for us, and then we don't feel anything else. But for David, and this is for us, this is a word for us, because God gave this to me. He says, when we wait patiently, God did three things when David waited patiently. When he turned, he heard, and he lifted. When we cry out to God, and it necessarily doesn't mean a scream or a yell or just however you speak to God, however you want to have a conversation with God, when we wait patiently, God did three things. He, he heard, he turned, and he lifted. But here's what he did for David. That's, what, that's the actions God did to David or for David. But this is what he did to David. When he lifted him up, he put his feet on a rock, on a stern place, on, on a solid place. He gave him a new song, and he allowed David to be able to trust in him. And I just want to encourage the listeners, just like what you were saying, in the midst of your nothing, in the midst of you laying in bed, being helpless, absolutely helpless because you couldn't do the things, in the midst of the struggles of a nurse that didn't want anything to do with you, God spoke to you. God spoke to you. And God, the thing about this, the amazing thing about God is God's promises are yes and amen. Yes, it means he agree and amen. He's not finished. He's not finished at all. For you to go through that, it's just amazing that in the midst of our dark times sometimes, in the midst of when we don't know what God is doing, just believe that in the midst of your nothing, God is always up to something. Yes, I totally agree. It's hard to see it when you're caught up in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. But when you are forced to hang on to your faith a little bit stronger, and then you come out on the winning end, your roots start to grow even deeper. Yes. And this could be preparing you for your next place in that next month, in that next year, in that next season of your life. And maybe we're just being qualified every single day to see what we'll be doing next. Because you said it before the cameras were turned on. The world is turned upside down. And who knows? There may be something that you and I are supposed to do, but we are being constantly evaluated, being tested to see if we're worthy, if we are strong enough to take the steps forward. Yes, when times are terrible. Yes, when it's painful. Yes, when it hurts. Yes, when everything says give up, quit. That's when we decide to dust ourselves off and say amen one more time. Let's do it one more time. As long as we can do in that one more time. And I have to tell you that, yes, you see me on camera. Yes, I share my story. But I am a product of every single friendship, relationship I, I had ever had, good or bad. And I did not get here by myself. And this blog that I wrote, this positivedrip.com, I have to tell you, I know you're not going to allow me to use the word accidental. I know why. But I'm going to tell you how it came to fruition. <laughs> I was writing my very first blog sheet. And I was terrified to put it up into the world. I'm not a writer at all. That's not even my forte. And I was hovering over my laptop, looking at it. And then my, remember I said I had a six-year-old nephew? Yeah. 
my six-year-old nephew at the time walked up to me and said, Uncle Nelson, what's wrong? And I, <laughs> and I said to him, I'm having trouble uploading my blog sheet. And I'm a, I'm a full-grown man. I'm having trouble uploading my blog sheet. So my six-year-old nephew, his name is Austin, and I call him Awesome Austin. He walked up to me and he said, it's easy. All you have to do is press the send button, like through the eyes of a six-year-old, a child. All you have to do is press the send button. Yes. So he looks at me, looks at the computer. He takes his six-year-old finger, leans over my laptop, and Austin presses the send button. He pressed the send button. And I was all of a sudden, and in a blink of an eye, it was in cyberspace. So I can't even take credit for this blog that, that got me all this attention and got me on your platform. And actually, you know what? Austin just walked into the room. His ears are burning. You want to meet him? <laughs> Come What's here. Up, this, buddy? Is, this, is, this is Mr. Joseph James. Hey, Austin, how you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing great. So glad to see you on the show. Is this your first podcast? Nope. Been on many. Oh, you've been on many. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for supporting your uncle through his journey. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Great to be on the show. Awesome, brother. Awesome, man. How old are you now? 11. You're 11. Wow. Well, you're a very... I, I'm sure he thanks you a lot for hitting that send button to sit out that blog. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's so great to have you on the show, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. All right. Go do your homework. <laughs> Joseph, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. His ears must have been burning. He's in the next room. But through the, and we, you know this, through the eyes of the child, if we can only be nothing but childlike. Yeah. how we can move forward. And I was a full grown man paralyzed to press the send button. And a six-year-old child at that time had to come and create this idea into a reality. Again, mm. another messenger God put in front of me to help me go on to the next step. Life is so much easier when you can look at it backwards, but we have to walk through it forward. By looking at things backwards, we can understand why we had to go right instead of left, why we had this trial and tribulation, why this happened. It's never easy. But then at the end of it, hopefully it's, we can understand it because you know and I know when it's our time to meet our maker, I want him to say that this is what I had in store for you and then show me the list and say, you did it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Nelson, at what point during the journey, that two-year journey, you know, and, and two years is not, I say two years because you're, you're still on your journey. It's just that it's a new chapter in your life. But at what point did you, did the mind switch from, oh my God, I'm going to be dying soon to I can live and I can live my best days? Talk me through that. Like I said, I had to live in five different hospitals. I was so weak that everybody was telling me that all I could do was open my left eye. That's it. That's all how I communicated with everybody. 
And even though I was a prisoner of the four walls of that room in the hospital room, I refused to let my mind be a prisoner of that room. And this is going to sound really crazy. Forgive me if I sound way out there. We've been taught that there's this mind-body connection and that I was always taught that the subconscious cannot tell the difference between what's real and what's not. So I learned that as a student. So I was lying in that bed and I would go through a typical Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in my head. If it was Monday, I would go through my patient roster. I would go through the conversations I would have with patient A, B, and C. I would talk about their aims of treatments. I would even go through the arguments that I know I would have with them, with my patients, with my friends, with my family members. Then I'd go to sleep. And then I'd go through a typical Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on the day. And I did that every single day for almost two and a half years while I was living in the hospitals. Because I was trying to convince my subconscious that I was out in the world living instead of lying in that hospital bed slowly dying. There's this thing called imagination, visualization, or or mental imagery, whatever you want to call it. That's what I would be doing while I was lying in that hospital. I was going through the visualizations of of actually out there living in the world. Joseph, have you ever played this game called Pac-Man? Oh, yeah. Okay. I spent a lot of quarters playing that game as a kid. (laughs) A lot. And you know how you have that Pac-Man icon that goes around eating all the dots on the screen? Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Every breakfast, lunch, dinner, and bedtime, I would go through a mental imagery that I had a Pac-Man icon in my body eating up all the cancer cells. Wow. Four times a day, every single day, I would have this mental film strip playing in my head. And three, like I said, I couldn't walk. So for the year 2018, for 365 days, I had to work in rehabilitation. I had to learn to walk. I fell down a lot, but got up a lot. I kept going. And I had this mental imagery that I was eventually one day, I was going to walk down this specific street, make a right on that specific street to a specific gas station to go in there, buy a specific drink with a specific group of people, and then walk back home. And I dreamed of this. People say that everything in this world is born twice, once in the mind and once in the world. And I mentally imagined all of this in my brain. It became my favorite film strip. And I was able to walk that road with specific friends, and it became a reality. You see, I don't know how I'm still alive, but I know what I did to desperately put myself in a position to win. But because I'm still here, I can't help but share what I did because who knows if somebody is willing to just suspend their disbelief long enough that it's possible, maybe they'll have a story of victory too. And if I can do that, then I've done my job on the planet. I know, I know, I know I sound like I'm a real wacko now. You know, I, I, I like to call it prophesying over our situation, you know, speaking life into dead areas. For the listeners, regardless of where your beliefs are at, some people say, I, I speak it out to the universe or I manifest it. For me, I, I go to God, you know, and I know that God has things for me. He has gifts for me, but he's also predestined my life. And if God 
is the creator of the universe and he is my father, don't you as a father want everything for your children? So I have, as a child of God, I believe that I have the ability to go to my father and ask for things. But I also have the ability to believe, because isn't that what faith is, is the hope and evidence of things not seen? There are things out there that I can't see that I just truly have to believe they are coming my way. It's not that God, I used to pray, God, bless me, God, uh, align, align me for the blessings, you know, all this different stuff. The blessings are already there. It's kind of like Christmas, okay? The Christmas presents, the gifts of God are there for us. However, if it's like Christmas. If my parents, if I'm at the age of six and my parents give me a set of keys to a car, I am not ready for the car. I can't drive legally and probably can't do it physically. Okay. Probably can't either see the steering wheel or reach the pedals. Okay. (laughs) However, the battery operated tractors that you see at Academy, I would probably be a good fit for that at the age of six or maybe even a bike. God has blessings for us that he is equipping us to be able to access but we have to be equipped first to be able to access them. They're already there. They're just waiting for us to get equipped, to be equipped. See, God doesn't choose the qualified. He qualifies the chosen. Can you say that again? God does not choose the qualified. He qualifies the chosen. Moses was a murderer. He was a stuttering murderer. He couldn't talk, but yet what did God tell Moses to do? Go speak to Pharaoh, speak to Pharaoh on behalf of my people and deliver them. Joseph or David was a murderer and an adulterer, but yet God used them. God didn't pick the qualified individuals. He qualified the chosen, his chosen. And when we are going through stuff, when we can look at it in an aspect of, God, you've, you've chosen me for this. Show me how to walk through this. Because, see, it says in, in, in Hebrews 4.15, for we have not a high priest who can't be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Anytime Jesus went to go pray for somebody, he says in the Bible, he was moved with compassion. Brother, I don't know what it's like to go through a divorce because I've never been through one. I don't know what it's like to lose a child because I've never lost one. But I know what it's like to lose my mom when I really wished it was my dad because I hated him at the time. But fast forward 14 years later, my dad died my best friend only to be preceded or proceeded by my wife dying 22 days later. I know what it's like to lose my wife. And then all of a sudden, now I am a father of three children. And see, the reason we go through pain based off of Hebrews is so because we can't touch what we cannot feel. We go through as believers. That's what ministry is. We go through things so that we can reach and touch other people. 
No, I don't know what it's like to have suicidal thoughts. But I know a God that can save that. I know a God that can deliver from that. But I know what it's like to be rejected. I know what it's like to not want to be around anybody. I know what it's like to feel abandoned, always wanting to seek approval. I know what that's like as a seven-year-old kid. And I know what it's like as a 42-year-old adult because I've lived it my whole entire life. We can't touch what we cannot feel. There's a reason why we go through the pain that we go through. And it's not just for us. It's so that we can touch other people. Wow, Joseph. (laughs) I didn't tell you this, but there's a picture over this shoulder. And that's my father. I see it. And my father just passed away December 16th, 2020, just before Christmas. And the pain of losing the man that gave you the tools to become a man, you're never prepared for something like that. But then on his last breath, my last words to him were, I promise that I will take care of your family no matter what. And then he closed his eyes for the last time and a tear came down his right cheek and everything you've told me about i had no idea about your father and your wife passing away 22 days later i mean you brought me on here to talk about pain which created a purpose for me i'm speechless to hear what you had to go through but at the same time i'm truly honored to be on the same cyber stage as you i hope it's not goodbye i hope it's see you later the world put us together first for some kind of reason. Absolutely. I'm sorry, man. That's okay. That's okay. And that's a message to the listeners out there as well is this is not a goodbye to I see you later. No matter what we're going through in life, God has a purpose for it. God had a purpose for what you were going through Nelson, not just for you. For those that are feeling inadequate out there, One thing that I want to encourage you with, and I'm kind of speaking for Nelson right now, is the things that he did for himself in terms of imagining the Pac-Man eating up the cancer cells and imagining going uh, down the street and taking a ride on the block and then getting a drink at the gas station with a group of people. That is imagining life. That's not the feeling and sensation of life is leaving me. That is a feeling and sensation that I am going to be a part of life. And I want to encourage all the listeners out there. And I want to go into this next thing. For, for those that are listening, you can't see it, but I can because I, I have the video going right now with Nelson. But he has two shirts in, his, in, in, in the background. And on the front side of one, it says, chase your best. And on the back side, it says, you matter. Is that what that says? Explain that to me. Nelson, where did that come Correct, from? Joseph, correct. In Toronto, Canada, we have an annual cancer walk where thousands of people flood the streets. And my friends and I came together in support of me to walk that cancer walk with thousands of people. And I was the only one who couldn't walk. I was in a wheelchair. So my friends and family, it was a relay. They all took their piece. 
and they all exchanged me in different parts of the walk. So what we decided to do was we created a positive drip army and we created these shirts. So everybody that was involved in the walk that were my friends, we all wore these shirts. So on the first walk, it was you matter. And everybody wore that. And we had a sign that basically said, and I carried it with me, that we are here remembering those that have been taken by cancer. Two, we are here cheering those on that are currently battling the cancer. And on the back, secretly on the back of that board, we had written all the names of people that have been affected by cancer. Mm. And it was our tribute. It was our secret tribute to them. And that's how we came up with you matter. The second cancer walk, which was the year later, we had another shirt, the army grew. And this time it was chase your best because I had graduated from my wheelchair into a walker onto two canes and a cane. And I had promised everybody that I was going to do the walk on my own two feet this year. And I did it with the help of a walker. But the whole mantra was, let's just chase your best, chase mm-hmm. your best. And then when we do get a chance to do the third one, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to print another shirt. And on the back, it's going to say, live your best. And the thing is, see, After 2018, after I graduated from that wheelchair into a walker into two canes, on January 3rd, 2021, I put my cane in the closet forever. So I am currently walking on my two feet on my own as we speak finally. And then we have a common friend. Her name is Andrea Mason from andreamasons.com. One day we were just talking and she said, what's your next goal? She's an accountability coach. She goes, what's your next goal? I said, I plan to walk. I plan to run. I plan to jog December 31st, 2021. So jokingly, she said, why don't you aim for July, for June 1st, June 1st, 2021. I go, that's six months ahead of schedule. But then after we had hung up, the pebble had been dropped in my head. And I said, why not? And then if you go to my YouTube channel, you will see that on June the 1st, you will see the progressions of me in the wheelchair, end of the walker. Then on June 1st, you will see me running down the street. It's possible. Will it be easy? Absolutely not, but it's possible. And that's how these shirts came to be. First chapter, you matter. Don't leave anybody behind. You go back, you reach for them, you bring them with you. And if we can all do that collectively, everybody gets saved. Yes. Two, chase your best. I was out of the wheelchair, walking on a walker. I was chasing as best as I could. Now I'm at a point in my life where I'm doing a bit better and I just want to live my best. And when we get that chance to do that cancer walk again in October, hopefully it comes because because of COVID, things are different. We will print another shirt, positivedrip.com on the front, live your best, and the Positive Drip Army will grow. (laughs) And that's how it all started. That's amazing, brother. That's amazing. Nelson, what what words of encouragement if, if for the listeners can you give them if they're going through 
some trials and tribulations that helped you get through what you were going through? That's a good question. I truly, 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 truly believe this. You will not be faced with a battle that you cannot overcome. And I'll even go deeper. God even promised us that he will not give us a trial and tribulation that we can't overcome. You just have to be willing to, like you said earlier, stare it in the face and say, let's dance. You just have to be brave enough to go after it. And at the same time, you don't have to go through this alone. That's right. It's okay to not feel okay. Surround yourself with friends that truly want to help you see you win. That'll bleed for you. That'll show up when it's uncomfortable for them because they want to see you win. Do everything you can to protect your attitude. See, I personally don't watch the TV, read the newspaper or, or any of that kind of stuff because I'm purposely trying to protect my attitude and create an environment to constantly win. And if you can protect your attitude, surround yourself with the right kind of people. And at the same time, this is hard. Believe me, I know this is hard. I had to stare in the mirror and say to myself, I accept what happened to me. It happened. But I'm also taking the responsibility to write the rest of my story. And I've chosen to do that. And for those of you out there, I beg you. I beg you, don't give up. But I have to add one more thing because you've allowed me to say the word God, Joseph. For those of you out there that have tried everything, everything to help pull yourself out of your hole and nothing's worked, then I invite you to ask Jesus to come into your life and say, hey, can you help me? Humbly say, can you help me? Absolutely. If you've tried everything, everything, you have nothing to lose, everything to gain. If you invite that last piece to possibly pull you out of your hole and Thank you for letting me say that, Joseph. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Brother, it has been just an honor and, and so encouraging just to have you on the show. It really has. It's very hard when we're going through the battles of life, and this can be any battle. Everybody's battle may be different, but it's still painful to keep focus on God, to keep focus on the dreams, goals, and visions that we have for our life. You had, you had a physical therapy practice that you didn't get to work for for well over two years. And I know that was hard financially on you. The, the business itself as a business owner, I, that's tough because it's not just you not working. It's everybody else not working, you know, and then you wearing that on your shoulders. But with God, all things are possible, but you you didn't just fight back physically, you fought back mentally, and now you're sharing your heart, you're sharing your, what God did in you and through you to continue on with life. And that's what life is about is when, you know, when you get knocked down is getting back up and, you know, realizing that, like you said, it's okay to not be okay, but we don't have to do this alone. We don't have to do this alone at all. In Joshua, when Moses died, Moses looked at the promised land and then he died. And Joshua was now the new leader. And God said to Joshua, he says, I will be with you like my servant Moses. I will never leave you nor 
forsake you. And that's God's promise to us that in the midst of a bad job, in the midst of, you know, you don't know what that nurse was going through. That nurse may have just had, that may not even be her personality, but unfortunately for you, unfortunately, but fortunately for you is she was treating you very ugly. She was treating you wrong and hurt people, hurt people. But yet the voice that God had a plan for you and for her. And it came through an unlikely source being a bitter, a bitter nurse, you know, a bitter filled, angered nurse that probably didn't want to deal with you because maybe she was callous that she she's working in a place that people are constantly dying. And I just want to encourage those out there by listening to Nelson here. There's a plan for your life, no matter what you're going through, there's a plan for your life, whether it's an economic struggle because of COVID, the hurricane that just hit half of the United States from Louisiana on up to New York for, you know, a divorce or a bad relationship, or, you know, maybe it's trauma from your childhood. There is a plan and a purpose for your life and you don't have to give up. You're not alone. I promise you this. If there's one thing that I can promise you in life, you're not the only one that's ever gone through it, but you can get through it. Brother. Absolutely. I, yes. Yes. I appreciate you coming on the show. I really do. Well, I, I thank you for having me. And before you, we have to say, see you later. I just want to applaud you on how you are using your life and precious time to make a difference in this world. You know, and I know you've been tapped on the shoulder. And, and I'm blessed to share a few minutes with you. And hopefully this is just see you later. Absolutely. It sure is. You're making me want to come up and visit you. <laughs> Brother, thanks so much again. I, I am blessed. Guys, go visit his blog, uh, the positive drip, positive, the word positive drip, D-R-I-P.com. Reach out to Nelson. You know, it's an inspiring story. Maybe you have one very similar He's just a great guy to just be able to reach out to and not only read his blogs, but just hear his voice because he's full of God's grace and God's mercy and God's love and just an all around compassionate individual that wants to help, that wants to take all that he's gone through and just help give people guidance and hope and security. Brother, I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to finding true freedom and breakthrough.